This is Jordan, and you're listening to the Code 7 Podcast Network. Warning. This episode contains the three A's of podcasting. Adult content, adult language, and awesomeness. You've been warned. Welcome to Within the Trenches, true stories from the 911 dispatchers who live them. Good morning, this is Ricardo with the Code 7 Podcast Network, and this is going to be episode 236 of Within the Trenches, a podcast based on the experience of being a 911 dispatcher. This episode, as always, is supported by Indigital Leader Next Gen Core Services, and I am here in Washington, D.C. I'm very excited. Um, I do have to mention, though, yesterday I had a little bit of an, an issue flying in from Detroit because of an ice storm that hit, and I had to take all the ice off of my windshield with a little tiny piece of plastic that I found in the glove compartment because nobody de- decided to put uh, an ice scraper in the company car that I was in. So that was a lot of fun, uh, but I made it. I'm here. And I'm very excited and I want to uh, introduce my guest. We did an episode back in 2016, uh, September, and it's also episode 117. And my guest today is U.S. Representative for California's 35th District, Congresswoman Norma Torres. How's it going? It's going very well. And thank you for having me on your show once again. No, thank you. This is this is amazing. Uh, A good friend of mine, uh, Matt uh, Groban, just got a hold of me. Um, when I was at the uh, at my hotel and, and was telling me about some of the stuff that you, that you guys have going on and what he's been uh, helping out with and had suggested what we're doing here. And we've just been in contact and it was it just happened to work out just fine that, that we were going to be here and, and to meet you. This is this is amazing. So thank you for doing this. I know you're very busy. Um, so just to kind of recap, uh, episode 117, again, it was September 2016. It was actually just a month after the birth of the IM911 movement, which was really for dispatchers during the, the period of reclassification that the um, APCO and Nina were, were trying to fight for that I entered myself into it with dispatchers to, to share their stories, to give it from a dispatcher's perspective, because that's those are the stories that need to be told. You know, those are the important. They're such a vital piece of public safety, yet right. people don't know that much about it. And and you come from the same place. You know, you were a dispatcher for LAPD. And that was uh, a lot of the stories that we were talking about. And I remember that uh, you also had sent out a, a letter to the OMB about uh, the rejection of the reclassification. But um, again, you know, you come from the same place. So when we were talking then, it was so much fun. It was like we knew each other for so long. Uh, But now, you know, it's 2019 and the fight continues. And there's been a lot of different things going on. Of course, the movement remains. The dispatchers still sharing their stories. But you have a, a lot of stuff that you've been doing as well. Yourself and uh, Commissioner uh, Rosenworcel, you were at LAPD back in August, just this yes. last August. Yes. Now, what all was it that you guys were doing out there? Uh, for me, um, it was important to bring the commissioner to a 911 center, mm-hmm. uh, to visit the center, to plug in and listen to the calls, uh, to talk to dispatchers from across you know my uh, district that I represent, but also 
it's very personal for me to of have course. someone visit my 911 center, yeah. you know, when I, where Back I cut my teeth grounds. in politics. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, perfect. Um, so I always encourage people to go to um, the LAPD site downtown, um, the Metro Center. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a, a a very good place for them to get an idea of of the intricacies of this job, of right. what it takes um, to be a 911 dispatcher and how far is from, you know, the stereotypical secretary assistant type of course, right. that Not we have classified the them. Right. <laughs> right. As. Yes. Um, these are highly trained professionals that are dealing with, you know, very critical situations, monitoring police activity in our communities, um, uh, engaging in so many different things at the same time, right. multiple um, uh, things going on for them at the same time. So what it takes to do that job, not everyone can do it, which is the reason why the attrition rate within, you know, the um, the workers is so high, mm-hmm. which is the reason why it's so expensive to train them, um, which is for me as a as a representative of the taxpayers in my district, I think it's critically important to be able to be accountable to how we're spending taxpayers dollars. And um, and yet losing the good people after two, three years because of the stress of the job or the lack of infrastructure that they need in order to do their job. Right. Exactly. And I think um, that's one of the biggest things is that people need to understand what it takes, as you said, and and what goes into training someone. You know, there there is a lot of money that goes into it. and, and, And sometimes people. You know, one of the big things that I say is when, when you're training people, you need to have them do a sit along. You need to have yes. them come in, sit the same way you had with the commissioner right. to plug in and really get a feel for it. Now, in in my uh, my time in dispatch, whenever we would have someone come in, it would be during a time when nothing is going on. Right. <laughs> right. But but LAPD, I can I could see yes. that there's stuff going on all the time, all and, the time. And, and you really get that feel for it. Um, but that's. That's what people need to do. You need to bring people in that really not just want to, you know, explore or, you know, come in. Oh, I really want to be a police officer, but I'm going right. to do this first. Yes. But then again, there have been a lot of people who have done that as a stepping stone yes. and have found that that was actually their calling because they really felt for what they were doing. And they're much more um, well-rounded officers mm-hmm. where they're more in tune with the issues in the community because they've heard it. They've heard they've heard it from a different perspective. Right. It's really different um, to hear a cry for help um, or or see a, or hear a crime unfold in your ears right. versus uh, responding and arriving at a murder scene, for example, mm-hmm. um, it's the aftermath that they see and they always have closure. Dispatchers never have closure, which is right. one of the reasons why heart disease um, is is so high among um, dispatchers. Yeah, of course. Because and, of the stress. And, and I don't know about you, but when I started in dispatch, I did not have high blood pressure (laughs) issues, nothing like that. It it was after that that I ended up going to the doctor and the doctor ended up saying, you know, you really got to when you're at work, you have to figure out how to not be Mm -hmm. so stressed out. And I said, do you do you know what I do for a living? And he goes, well, no. What do do you do? And I said, I'm a 911 dispatcher. And he goes, oh, well, I guess you can't do that, can you? (laughs) You can't stop the stress. Right. But, you know, the one thing I think that we um, need to do and maybe through, you know, your program Mm -hmm. 
there, there, there have been medical professionals that have done studies on um, 911 dispatchers. Mm-hmm. Um, for, I know, you know, at one time at the 911 center, you know, I was asked to wear these monitors, um, heart monitors, and these different monitors to uh, measure um, stress and uh, emotions as different calls came in. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see some of those um, people that have uh, done that work come forward right. and share, um, you know, with the general public their findings, you know, on the um, stress-related issues or uh, any other issues that they found uh, on how to deal with improving the lives of, of these workers. Yeah, of course. There, there have been a lot of people that I've spoken to. Where, you know, they talked about yoga and uh, meditation or just anything that that you can think of even if it's just reading a book you know right. somehow yeah you know we've got a, a group on facebook called survive and thrive uh fit challenge yeah and it's not just it's not about losing weight it's not about numbers or anything it's finding a way for you to decompress mm-hmm. after a long stressful day in dispatch right and and that's some of the things that that needs to come out as well so being over there at LAPD, what were some of the needs that you found? And then from there, going into, uh, in a few weeks, some of the legislation that you're going mm-hmm. to be introducing. Right. Um, so the dispatchers that were there uh, talking to the commissioner, mm-hmm. uh, to Jessica, it, it was very interesting for her, I, I think, because we had um, dispatchers that work at small centers small cities. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the LAPD dispatchers right. <laughs> and then they have the county dispatchers. Um, the one thing that she noticed is that there were a lot of people that were missing in the room, people that had been invited, but simply could not attend mm-hmm. because the deployment issues that they have at their 911 center. So even before uh, the meeting started, we were able to identify one issue. Okay. And that is hiring, the recruiting process, and what it takes to keep people on the job. Right. Right. Critical. If you don't have uh, sufficient uh, 911 dispatchers to staff your eight hour, 10 hour, 12 hour shifts, um, then it creates a, a different problem. Then we get into force overtime. Yes. Then we get into being voluntold. The, the <laughs> to being voluntold um, and making last minute decisions for childcare. Right. Uh, maybe you're going to miss an appointment. You know that you've uh, made uh, with your doctor because now you're forced to work overtime. Maybe an incident happens, uh, and and things happen all the time. I mean, right now, you know, we are living through massive uh, uh, mass shootings. Mm-hmm. Uh, when incidents like that happen, dispatchers just can't unplug and go home because their eight hour shift has ended. Right. They are voluntold and to force and force into continuing their shift. Yep. 12, 16, 18 12, hours. 16, yeah. However long it takes. Right. Um, the general public doesn't know that. Um, they don't know that, you know, how much training has been involved Um, to help this professional deal with the day-to-day stress. Right. And how the professional is able to help them through a suicide, for example. Right. Um, Managing um, a uh, critical incident that involves 
multi multiple agencies and having to ensure that officers are able to speak to one another, mm-hmm. you know, at an ins- critical incident like that. Um, so we've written the letters, we've requested meetings, been to meetings in trying to um, bring awareness that these dispatchers, these workers are not clerical. Right. That they are part of the first responder family and they need to be classified as such. So now we're looking at legislation. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we tried NICES and when NICES don't work, now we're going to try to do legislation. Yep. So many of uh, my colleagues are interested in, in moving this bill forward on both sides, Republicans and Democrats are understanding that we do need to have a professional workforce dealing with these emergencies, daily emergencies, and that we value their work and that we respect them for the work that they do every single day. So um, my bill um, would help to reclassify them uh, from clerical to you know, first responders. That's amazing. Yeah. And and so this is something that will be coming um, just in a few weeks. You'll be introducing <laughs> this? We'll or be introducing how? it in the next couple of weeks. Um, right now we have uh, draft language uh-huh. that we are sending uh, to our colleagues um, asking for uh, their support and being uh, co-authors of the bill. Uh, so, you know, for our office, that's the first step. And it's uh, it gives them an opportunity to have a say so mm-hmm. um, in 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 how um, the final language of this bill will be drafted. So I want to make sure that this is a bipartisan effort and that it is not seen as a partisan issue. Um, these workers, when they answer 911 calls, People are not calling and saying, I'm a Republican, I need an ambulance, (laughs) I'm a Democrat, I need a police officer. They need emergency services. They are, um, you know, doing that work and they deserve to be recognized for it. Again, that's amazing. And and coming from you, you know, someone who comes from the same background that... uh, that's just, mm-hmm. ah, I can't say enough about it. Thank you so much. You know, the work that you're doing as well as uh, Commissioner Rosenworcel. So going into this, uh, into the wrap up of this episode, I've got one last question. And it kind of goes with what we just talked about right now, with this legislation that you're going to be introducing in the next few weeks. You know, what is it that you think needs to happen in order to accomplish this reclassification of 911 dispatchers? Yes, um, You know, I think 911 dispatchers uh, need to come out of the dark room, right? Um, No pun intended. Yeah, (laughs) right. They they need to be more vocal, you know, about their needs. Right. Um, Sharing their story, um, you know, on on your show is is one way. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's important for them to share their story publicly so that uh, elected officials like myself at every level from their you know local city council and mayors to their state legis- uh, legislators and um, you know to members of congress and, and the senate need to hear more about this profession i think it's important to um, for us to understand that if we expect a police car, a fire truck, um, an ambulance at our door when we need it, that there is someone that has to answer that call first. Right. And by answering that call, 
they have to be trained in any and all of those things to help you through that traumatic experience because you're calling 911 not because you're having a great day. You're calling 911 because it is probably, you know, the worst day in your life. Right. Yeah. So your nightmare. <laughs> yes. So what type of professional do you want answering your call for help? You know, for me, I want that person to be, you know, highly trained. I want that person, um, you know, to be able to walk me through some of those processes. You know, as a former 911 dispatcher, and I have not answered a 911 call since November of 2008, uh-huh. but I'm the worst PR. <laughs> <laughs> I never want to call 911. <laughs> you know, we forget. Right. We, we forget what it is on yeah, the other yeah, side. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's important for dispatchers to remind us every single day of the work that they do. Open up your 911 centers. Have a media open house. You know, we have telecommunicators week coming up in April. Right. It's a great opportunity for you to reach out um, to leaders in your community faith leaders. I mean, don't just look at it from the elected body part, um, but bring in the media and, and teach the public about what you do and about the proper uses and and uh, mismanagement of, of the 911 um, uh, call. Mm-hmm. Thank you very, very much. Once again, Congresswoman uh, Torres, for being on this episode. This was this was amazing. So thank you very much for being on. And and those who are listening, you know, if you want to continue to push this, we're going to be hearing more about this legislation that's coming out in the next few weeks. You know, make sure to, to reach out to your uh, your representatives and everything to to be able to push this forward and, and really get your voice out there. It's it's time for us to not just continue to fight, but really bring it to the forefront. So again, thank you. And for those who are listening, uh, if you have any comments, questions, or you want to be a guest on the show, you can send an email to wttpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter. That is at 911podcast. You can like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash within the trenches podcast. This episode, as always, is supported by Indigital Elite or Next Gen Core Services. And this episode, along with all the others, can be heard 24 7 on uh, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, your favorite podcasting app, and within the trenches.net. Have a good one, everybody. You just listened to a Code 7 Network podcast. If you have any questions or would like to be a guest on the show, send an email to wttpodcast at gmail.com.